0: Network. Hi, this is Devin Track from the Freebrewers Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. In this episode, the hosts interview James Otero from Siege Studios and talk all about miniature painting. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode thirty seven of Forty K Radio. I am one of your host, Matt Alex. With me as always is JF. Hey Matt, how are you doing? Excellent, thank you. And of course, the Ashley from Forty K
1: Radio. Hey
2: guys, the Ashley here.
0: <laughs> and today we have a very special interview for you. We're gonna be talking to James from Seed Studios. He's gonna tell us talk to us about their commission painting, and he's coming to Adepticon this year. But, as always, we like to tell you what we've been doing hobby-wise lately. And I think today we'll start with Ashley. How are those two coming?
2: Oh, they're going so great. So, in fact, um, it's like a whole army now. You
0: got everything put together?
2: I have just about everything put together. I still have to put together. So I bought, among other things, I bought another of the starting boxes. mm Actually, sorry. I bought a starting box because I wanted more Gene Stealers and I wanted a Trigon. And basically, the benefit of that is free Broodlord. <laughs> so I was like, why not buy these two things in a box together that I already definitely wanted and get a free toy along with it? Good thing. So, time. yeah. So I've got I've got, a, I've got a Trigon now. I've got a whole bunch more Gene Stealers. Um, I've got the Oh geez, I've got twenty gaunts, twenty termies, twenty gene stealers. I put together a box of zoanthropes. Um, they're so ridiculously good. I had to buy another box of zoanthropes. Um, and you know what, I might even go cra- so far as to say that I need another box of zoanthropes to make it to make it three boxes, a neurothrope and maybe two neurothropes and maybe I uh, seven. Uh, I don't know they're so good that my my brains can't stand it um, and I put together my old Venomthropes. I have some of the old um, fine cast ones when mm-hmm. they used to come with the individual blisters I had them laying around so I threw them together I don't know how good they are um I haven't pl- I haven't tried to play with them yet but they're together um I put together my my malanthrope oh I love that brain bug. <laughs> Oh, that model just makes me so endlessly happy. You'll have to um,
1: tell me how it does on the table.
2: Well, we're going to find out. Um, and I have a Swarmlord. I've got a Flyrent. And then all the Gargoyles. Yes. And something <laughs> else. What have I got? I got one of the flying things. I, mean, I can't remember which one it is anymore. Harpy is it the...
1: or Crone.
2: Is it the Harpy? I think it's the Harpy. I think I went with the Harpy. Is it, is
1: it the one with the little Gribblies under the wings?
2: I don't remember because no, that's a high problem. I can't but, see it right now. It's you
1: got to get this
0: Herodon together. That's what it really is.
2: The Herodon yeah. is going to be last. The nice Herodon is going to be last. Nice final mm-hmm. centerpiece model. I like it. Oh, speaking of, of Forge World toys, though, I do have the Dimacaron, and he is Ooh. mostly assembled. Nice. Um, every Yeah, everything other than the Herodon and the Dimacaron is assembled and primed. And as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go base color all those bad boys.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool.
2: So I I finally settled on how I want to do my color scheme. Um, the short answer is it's going to take forever.
0: Yeah, you the <laughs> galaxy one, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I am after, – after a brief crisis of conscience, um, I was going to say, um, fuck it, this – this color scheme is terrible and a nightmare and forget it. I'm just going to do high fleet team and be done with it. Um, which is like the, like creamy colored with like the, like greenish, uh, carapaces, which is hot, but not, not the vision I had in my head. Um, and then, uh, a friend was like, listen, you really want to do this color scheme. I know you really want to yeah, do this color do. scheme. You know, you really want to do this color scheme. Just, I know just you want to do it. Just do it. Work on it. So, but grudgingly, I agreed, yeah, I really do want to do it. You're right, blah, blah, blah. So I sat down um, the other night, and I just painted a whole bunch of swatches onto some paper. And I went, and I tried a bunch of different color combinations, a bunch of different techniques um, to try and get what I want. And I think I've settled on the fact that it's going to be a combination of sponging and detail brushwork. Um, so basically what's going to happen is all the troops, the gaunts, the termies and the jeans dealers, um, are all going to get the sponge treatment and that's it. They're just going to mm. get the color sponged on them. And that's, that's, that's going to be my life. Um, but well, all the big work, that boys, work
0: cause it's, it's such a small carapace area.
2: Yeah. And all the big boys are going to get the sponge work, but they're going to get some additional brushwork detail. Um, to sort of you know make things pop a little bit more. Maybe make some stuff that's a little bit bigger. Maybe touch up some stuff that didn't get sponged on quite as nicely. Um, I'm not totally settled mm. on the colors that I want to use yet. Um, I was really liking um, a little bit of yellow and white um, for the majority of the stuff, but you know I want some sort of accent color in there. And the art piece that I was looking at is you know is strongly purples. Um, mm which I like, but I can't seem to find a purple that I really think pulls it off. Um, Like I was looking, I was looking at some of the P3 paints, like the beaten purple is just, it doesn't stand out very well um, against a very dark black background. So I tried a Jean Steeler purple, which kind of works, kind of doesn't work. Um, I like it, but I don't love it. Um, but I tried a couple of blues, I tried some oranges, I tried some pinks, I'm still not totally set on what that accent color is going to be. And that accent color is going to dictate, you know, the way that, you know, what, what other things I choose. So like the, um, their tongues and, you know, how I want to maybe highlight the skin, you know, it's going to have an impact on all of that It's because it's going to be the color that sort of ties the whole thing together. Um, and I can't decide if I want to go with this Jean Stiller purple, um, or if I want to go with something else. Like I tried, um, the Signar blue highlight from P3. I tried their Meredith blue, um, uh, and I tried one of their newer paints too, um, Eldritch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all sitting right here. I don't know why I'm not just looking at them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, you know, I try, I try all these different color combinations to sort of try and, you know, see what I really liked. And so – and then on top of that, I realized that I haven't decided if I want to go with a straight base coat of black or if I want to do something not straight black.
0: Right.
2: And, um, you know, I, I, I think I might just do straight black. Like normally I would say, you know, you don't want to use flat black, but the – the difference I went through and I took, I took black and I mixed it in with a gray with a couple of different blues, a couple of purples some yellows, some reds, a Brown and dark sea blue just to see like what I thought might work. And the only ones where it got really a noticeably difference were the yellows and the reds, everything Mm -hmm. else just sort of basically looks black. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I figured like why go through all the hassle of mixing color when it basically is just the same as black. Um, So I may end up just straight up painting them all black and being done with it Um, and then letting the, you know, the galaxy bits sort of come through. Um, I'm really working in my mind, in my brain. My brain is thinking very deeply about how I'm going to do the wings Mm, on these models because, you know, so the carapaces are going to be, you know, these like black with, you know, the, the, you know, the stars, you know, sort of fade, you know, out in the distance kind of thing. But I think I want to do like some like straight up like nebulas on the way. Oh, that'd be cool. I yeah, mm. so I've been I've been I've been looking up a lot of different um, interesting um, nebulas and things that are out there. Um, NASA has some absolutely amazing photos that they've taken like from the Hubble telescope and some of the things like that that will blow your mind. Um you so I've been a, trying to pull a, some inspiration from that.
0: Yeah. You can get a really nice nebula effect with uh, an airbrush. <clears throat>
2: I yeah. I don't a, think, don't think I haven't thought about that.
0: I painted a, a three by three X wing. I painted a mat and I did it all with an airbrush and uh, really made the nebulas look good.
2: Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to give that a whirl. We're going to see how that goes. Um, but uh, that's that's where I am with um with with the Tyranids. So they're they're coming along quite nicely. I've gotten uh, about fifteen hundred points of models together in the last couple weeks. Nice. Um. Yeah, honestly, I've been doing so much hobby stuff lately. Well, so I've got all these new hobby friends, and so, you know, so I, I made you know I made a bunch of new friends in the last couple months, and. One of them was, like, really hot into 40K, and I was like, hey, man, let's, let's play some 40K. And uh, and, then, you know, and then, you know, and then it turns out, you know, his brothers are into it, and he's got other friends who are now, like, into it. So now all of a sudden, you know, I've got a friend who is starting – well, so so that guy, he's doing nids. Then we've got uh, a guy who's doing Eldar. We've got a friend who's now doing orcs all of a sudden, a friend who's doing necrons. Like, so, like, we're all starting up – you know, they're all starting out these armies. And so we're going to do um, – well, we actually – over the weekend, we did a big um, terrain build. Um, so we went we we got the foam, we you know, did the whole thing, you know, you know made a bunch of terrain, which was a lot of fun um but um, I somehow got tricked into um running a uh an escalation campaign. Ooh, nice um that I am m- making up the rules for mostly um I think it's gonna be based strongly in the kill team campaign rules, um, but I'm gonna build an escalation component into it, um and then obviously was have to build some sort of storyline around it. Um, It's going to be interesting, it's going to be crazy, Um, and once it actually gets started, um, I'll be sure to tell you guys all about it. But when I'm not painting, I should be working on that.
1: (laughs) I'm curious how that's going to go, because I want to do something similar. And And, Well, so a
2: a good friend of mine, um, uh, Phil, who actually runs the Tournament Nova Open, um, he he did one, I guess it was like three or four years ago, that I was a part of, and it was super fun freaking fun and so like i looked i went through like all my emails and stuff and i went and i found the rules that he made up for that and that was like i think that was like sixth or seventh edition um and so i went through and i looked at a lot of the stuff that he had, he had pulled out and i was pulling a little bit of inspiration from that and so i'm really excited to you know so we're going to start with like some real small war bands you know like almost like, like, Necromunda-sized kind of stuff, because, I mean, you Uh know, like, so, for a couple of these guys, they've never played 40K before at all, you know, and, or, you know, they have some models or whatever, but they don't have, like, armies together, so, like, while they're, like, furiously painting armies, we're going to play a couple of, like, small warband-sized games, get the campaign rolling, you know, and then they can start adding stuff to the armies, and they can start getting some of these campaign features where they can get, you know, like, fancy, you know, like, uh, upgrades and enhancements and all these other things. I... I'm so excited to do this. Um, like I already kind of have an idea for the story one in my mind. Like, so I think, I think it's going to be really cool. I just need to sit down and spend a bunch of time concentrating on getting it done. And I've been, it's tax season. So I'm busy at work more than usual. Um, and I've been trying to get my own knits done. So I, you know, I have been, I've been spending so much more hobby time lately that I have, I mean, I've been hobbying every single day, and it's phenomenal. Like, like I said, as soon as we're done here, I'm totally gonna go prime. I'm totally gonna do uh, some base coats on these knits because I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready for them to be done. Uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been all all good hobby times here.
0: Nice. Well, I hope you will uh, as you get models finished, post some pictures on the Facebook so we yeah. can see what's going on.
2: <laughs> finished. Yeah, that's. Well, you know. uh, we we got some time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jeff, what are you working on? Well, it's all my my top secret adepticon uh, stuff. Yes, uh, oh, top I, secret. Well, it's not that top secret. It's just I don't. And that's I don't, us. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to start making promises I'm not sure I'm going to keep. I don't want to <laughs> like. There is a certain element of surprise. So, but I, I mean, it's, I don't think it's any secret anymore that I've been working on both orcs and Terranids. So those are the things that I'm working on. There's just a massive amount of models. I've converted heavily some brood uh some, some hive guards into uh into some bio biovores and pyrovores. So that's what I'm painting right cool. now. And after that I'm going to be sinking my teeth into forty gene stealers. So only forty. Only forty. So I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be fun. Gene stealers, they're they're not, not it's not like they have extra limbs for me to paint. <laughs> that's not gonna make it worse, isn't it?
0: <laughs> uh, myself, I just finished um, my Corvus Black Star for my Death Watch I posted pictures of that to our Facebook, so you guys.
1: Can a lovely see model.
0: See it there. Thank you. Well done. Um, I was glad to finally get it done. It was it was sitting half painted for a while, um, so I'm kind of deciding what to work on next. Uh, I have um, an Age of Sigmar Nurgle army that I probably will just paint real quickly. It's not a lot of models. Um, but I'm really feeling the Harlequins. I'm really feeling, getting to work on those. My Death Watch, they're already, they already, all of them already have some paint on them. They're just not finished, but I, I've been feeling the Harlequins lately, so I might switch over to that. Um, but that is it for me. And not a lot of, uh, not a lot of news lately. Just the, I guess it's sort of a big one, is the, the Beta Bolter rule that they asked the community to test. So for those that don't know, uh, this is for Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines. Um, what it basically means is you get to double your number of shots um, with rapid-fire weapons just in three situations, uh, whether it, when the firing model is targeted within half of the weapon's maximum range, which is what it is now, or if the firing model has marine, remains stationary during the previous movement phase, or if the firing model is a Terminator, Biker, Centurion, and a vehicle. So you can now, if you don't move, rapid fire out to 24 inches. Get double the shots. Which is a pretty decent boost um, for Space Marines. Yeah. Um, And Chaos Space Marines especially. um, Which is interesting because this was uh, you know, these are two armies that if you look at tournament talk will say, you know, people are like, oh well, Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines, they're, they're missing something. So... It looks like GW sort of heard what was going on and is trying something to make them a little more competitive. As to how it plays out, we'll find out. I know Jeff's not a not a Marine player, so.
1: No, no, and no, I don't know how I feel about all these bolter shots from everywhere. It seems <laughs> like. I
2: don't know exactly how to feel about them. Run! Yeah. What? It's this, this, this just more of my swarm will die now.
0: I did play a game the other day with my Death Watch and they we used the beta rule and it was mm-hmm. uh, it was good. I liked it. <laughs> I'm I'm curious what the verdict will be. I mean
1: on paper like that as a non Marine player it feels like it may be a bit excessive, but then again I don't know exactly what this how bad the space marines were doing. It didn't feel like they were doing that bad. Um, I'm in favor of them having something regarding bolters to make mm. them more iconic again. Just doubling their shots seems...
0: Oof. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I think one of the things too, though, is that in a lot of the missions now, you have to be mobile, right? You have to be moving mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So since you only, since the only, if you're not a Terminator, Biker, in a Vehicle, the only way to get the extra shots now is you can't move. But I think 8th Edition focuses a lot on moving around the board. Yeah, I guess. It's just there's a lot of
1: demolished you just named to the having yeah. them double shoot like storm bolters on Terminators. Oh yeah,
0: definitely. That's that that's makes a, lot a of unit
1: shots. Yeah, it makes a unit of of, of Terminators dropping uh, nine inches away from a unit and then firing
0: everything absolutely terrifying. It makes uh well, they can already do that, right? If they drop nine inches away, they're already in regular rapid fire range. Mm-hmm. But then
1: they can drop further away, where they'll be safe, oh, yeah. and shoot True. out, and shoot a, a close combat unit. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's, oh yeah, it's, no, uh, I understand. It's, it's, uh, it's terrifying.
0: <laughs> and it makes um, things like White Scars and Raven Wing a little more intriguing now, because mm-hmm. the bikes uh, get that. And, and again, I'm, I'm not jumping on the
1: oh my god, this is overpowered. It's totally OP. It's cheese bandwagon. I'm, I'm not this kind of reacts like that way i'm curious <laughs> to see what the verdict is going to be in yeah. in the long term because these are better rules they're meant to be tested it's just like i said on paper from a non-astardist player's point of view it looks it's like ooh. well that's a lot
0: and it's you know it's great the way that their are is handling things like this now where right in third fourth edition fifth edition this would just be a new rule but now it's hey here's a rule we want to try out let us know what you think you know even in the in the preview for it they uh they put their email address and in there like hey you know write us and tell us what you think about this rule so
2: that's the part i like about it the most is like you know we get to you know we get to try it out and see how it works and it turns out to be super op it turns out to be super op but i think i'm into it
1: yeah, I'm. I, I like I said, I'm. I'm apprehensive about the rule, but I like how they're trying. How they're going about it, and it it may very well be that that's exactly what's needed and is perfect. So, there, that'll show me.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see how it plays out, and when we do find out if we get any more information, we'll definitely let you know here. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be back with Seed Studios. Currently. Comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. Alright, so we have a very special guest with us today. We have James Otero from Seed Studios Limited over in the UK.
3: James, how you doing? Yeah, really good, thanks. Pretty really
0: good. Great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, nice, totally cool. Please, uh, for our listeners who may not know, tell us about Seed Studios. What do you guys do?
3: So we are um, we're a UK-based uh, commission miniature painting service. Uh, we've been operating and been a business since 2013. So just coming up to well, just will be five years on January 26th. So in a couple of days, we'll be five years old as a business. Um, we are we, the definition and name we are we are premium painting studio so uh, all of the levels which we paint to we've got four at the studio which are bronze silver gold and platinum they are all above tabletop uh, our bronze devil is a, as a minimum is an above tabletop standard when it comes to the, the quality of the work that's ex- executed um the team of, of painters at siege there's 28 painters that work for the business uh, all of them are either Golden Demon winners, Golden Demon finalists, ex-heavy metal from Games Workshop or ex-Games Workshop army painters. That's all the, the members of staff that work for Siege. Um, so that's a sort of range of, of work which we execute. Um, we mainly paint 40K. I, I'd imagine we're kind of stigmatized a little bit as a 40K studio, but we will paint anything. And that's pretty much, you know, the 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 modus operandi. We'll paint anything that you know we get sent into us model wise. But I'd say probably 95% of the the work which comes into the business is is 40k, um, and as it's probably one of the biggest games in the industry uh, for for sort of miniatures wargaming. that that's is that's just what we get come in basically um we also do tuition courses as well so not so much outside of the uk but um we also do sort of tuition all over the uk as as different sorts of classes that we we teach as well um in various sort of all gaming shops um, but we do want to take our courses to, to other countries and we we do get messages but it's just logistics and things sometimes it makes it a little bit difficult so so that's pretty much it in a, in a kind of nutshell but i can I'm more than happy to answer as many questions as you as you'd like to ask.
0: Yeah, so I um I didn't realize you guys were that big. I am um, I'm familiar with you because I occasionally watch the tabletop tactics battle reports. Yeah, yeah. So so you're like their premium sponsor. So I've 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 seen your work on there when they show their miniatures, and it looks great. But I didn't realize you had such a large uh, and uh, highly qualified staff of painters over there.
3: Yeah, we don't. We don't really. Um, you know, uh, we don't really. We're not, we're not the sort of company that uh, sort of fling sort of um, painting sort of awards and things all over the place. It, it, really, we we, we like our, our painting to sort of demonstrate what, what we're capable of, if that makes sense, and that's that's why we don't sort of brandish it as a as a. Um, uh, like a slogan or anything like that. We'd we'd rather just, you know, put pictures up of what we do for, for our clients and, and if people like it then brilliant. And if not then that that's totally cool, you know. Okay. Um so but uh but yeah no, I mean Siege is as I said it's been five years old in a couple of days and um I mean I started the business Uh, five years ago myself like in a a small little flat um, and 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 grew it to to where it is today Um, I don't get to do much uh, on tools so to speak I don't really paint any of the commissions myself anymore uh, and haven't done so for about a year to two years ish but that's purely just down to obviously having a a decent team now and and needing to sort of manage that and obviously grow the business and, and and do that that side of it which is the sort of more boring part really (laughs) um but yeah no that's 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 basically the size of the company
0: what uh what made you decide to get into commission painting
3: um so so i mean i've been in the hobby for i'm I'm, I'm 32 i've been in the hobby since i was nine um uh, i had a break which i'm sure most people who are probably listening to this or you know yourselves everyone has a break at some point during their sort of hobby career so to speak um but uh I got into it through my grandparents they bought uh, my grandfather always bought me sort of air fix kits and things like that of like World war ii planes um and I done those for a little bit and then one day when I was a kid my nan took me into like a, like a second-hand charity shop here and I came out with my, a bag of really badly painted space
0: marines <laughs> and, uh, and
3: and and kind of didn't look back after that really I kind of um I kind of sort of carried on painting and uh, I've always myself I've always sort of been into painting and art like when I was a kid like my mum used to put large, large rolls of sort of um, blank sort of wallpaper out in the garden I used to be out painting in the garden so I've always been around paint and things like that maybe not miniatures up until the, like, the age of nine but um, and then as I painted models from getting into the hobby I my friends would then ask me oh can you do this for me can you do this for me and I started i started painting like the odd model here and there for them and and getting a little bit of money not not really anything substantial and um and then i had a big break because i was in in music for quite a while like in in bands and things and um and then uh got back into it and picked up the brush realized that i'd lost a lot of what i was able to do before (laughs) (laughs) and then um and then uh just developed again and then a lot of my friends started asking me i started a, a you know a little sort of uh, a little sort of uh, youtube channel just doing like the odd bit of painting and putting videos up and bits and bobs like that and then i got approached by a couple of guys to sort of paint with them for a couple of their friends and like for a couple of different things like it was kind of free i was kind of freelancing for for them doing sort of commission jobs and things and it was a bit of an eye opener, really. Like um, my my work side of me, like the, the work I did before, become sort of running Siege full time. I worked in sort of recruitment for nine sort of nine or ten years, and the way that they were doing it was really sort of you know, a little bit unprofessional, and there wasn't good communication, all these things. And, and me being who I am, I was like, would well, you know what? I, I really if i was a client I, I wouldn't be happy with this and this wouldn't be what i'd expect so i just decided to sort of part ways and, and and siege started as i said like 2013 and and i started it in my little flat that i was in back then and uh, and then just basically grew it and grew it and grew it through lots of sort of hard work and late nights <laughs> um to, to where it is kind of today um Fortunately, obviously, as you mentioned, like we we work with some, you know, really really happy and honored to work with some very very good sort of channels and, and things in the industry like uh, Tabletop Tactics, Striking Scorpion, um, uh, and a couple of other companies that we work with. Uh, but you know, it's it's been been a long journey. It's not been an easy easy ride. I'll be honest with you that like uh, working for yourself and running your own business is, is a lot of hard work. Um, but, uh, but it's been I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world if I'm honest. So. Nice. Uh, so yeah that's that's basically how siege became where, where it is today
0: now with with running and uh, a commission painting studio do you ever paint anything for yourself anymore or is it mainly i know you say you didn't do a lot of the commission painting but do you ever get time to paint your own stuff now
3: yeah, I mean, um, so like, there's only there's one event a year that I, I I go to to sort of I don't get to play much anymore um, because I, I I'm into the gaming side of it massively as well. Like, i'm with, with the hobby, like I'm not even though painting is one of my favorite things, um, I'm kind of three sixty in the hobby. I like gaming. I like the backstory. I like the fluff. I like the, the narrative. I like all those aspects of it, but. Um, but I go to one gaming event a year, which is in Gibraltar, which is the SN Battle Reports tournament that they hold out there. We, we, we sponsor it, and, and I do it's kind of like my only holiday really. The year. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then really, the only painting I do, I, I, I've always, I got, I got into sort of painting for competitions when I was a little bit younger, um, and that's really. What my sort of main passion is. If it, obviously, I'm passionate about everything in the community, and the hobby, and the industry. But um, for me, competition painting, Golden Demon, and other painting competitions like uh, Crystal Brush, SMC in 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 sort of Holland, uh, and a couple of others around sort of different areas of England and the world. It, that's really my favorite thing. Uh, I love being in the mindset and frame of having to paint to the best of my ability and the, the minimal time that I get now every evening or, you know, on weekends when it's not been too busy during the week. Uh, that's why I tend to spend my time on rather than painting models for gaming. Uh, mm. I've got a couple I've got a couple of gaming armies that I'm happy with and I, I just use those for, for the odd tournament now and again. Um, But, yeah, most of my time when I do get it for any of my own stuff is just purely, purely for painting stuff for competitions, really.
0: Great. And um, so when you do get to play, are you mainly a 40k player
3: or...? Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's probably about an eighty twenty split. I, I do play forty k quite a lot. Um, I play a little bit of X Wing as well, which is which is fun. Ooh, nice. I, I, I really really enjoy X Wing, um, and I've uh, I, I like some board games as well. So board games that I've, I grew up as a kid, obviously playing a lot of board games, but um, but I do enjoy board games as well. Done a little bit of D and D when I was younger as well um so i like to keep mix it up a little bit but yeah 40, 40k does take probably the most of what, what gaming time i do get um it, that's probably the the main sort of gaming thing that i do What, what army do you play sorry. no no sorry
2: what army do you play
3: uh 40k um yeah. so uh, so i've got um i've got a blood angels army blood angels were uh, the the army that i've uh, i've always collected since second edition i, mm. I uh I, I that front cover artwork of the second ed box yeah definitely uh, it, it, it hooked me like uh, the biggest fish you could ever imagine <laughs> um and then uh, i've got an iron warriors army as well so very very uh, different from, from from my blood angel army because all gritty and dirty and battle damaged and, and, and sort of complete opposite of, of what My Blood Angel Army is. Uh, and I'm then what I'm going to be working on this year is I'm doing, I've always, always, always had a soft spot for, for, for Katachans. I've always liked them, like the background mm-hmm. to them. Uh, and they're an army which, because of obviously uh, the Cadian kit and uh, some of the metal ones, which have which are still sort of out there quite a lot. Catachans I, I, I find are very overlooked, so so they don't you don't see a lot of Catagenes armies. Uh, and I, when I mean, I don't just mean because of the rules in the new codex. Obviously, loads of tanks and artillery and things like that, especially with the Vigilus artillery battalion thing that came out. Um, but the I'm talking pure infantry and and, and like uh, Valkyries and things like that, but yeah. kind of like the kind of like the Vietnam style that you'd expect them to be kind of themed after. Um, so that's a little project that I'm going to be doing this year. So for my, my army that I'm going to be taking to, to Gibraltar to, to SN in September is going to be a complete infantry and converted helicopter. Um, uh, Catachan list, so it's just an absolute fun list to play with. Um, it, it'll still be a little bit competitive, like it's a little bit you know competitive, but but not not anywhere near the sort that you'd see it like the LVO or any of the major major tournaments that you that are all over the globe basically. And they're the, they're the armies that I play
0: very cool. That that's going to be a, a very interesting army when you when you get the <laughs> I mean, well, you don't see a lot of Catachans out there, you know
3: yeah I know that's it you know that's the thing it's like you know i've all, I, I that I've, I've always had a soft spot for them, I think their background's really cool obviously have got some really cool characters like Strack and Marbo and Harker and things like that and and you just don't see them very often. Like, and you know, when you do, um, and when you do, they're they they're they're more akin to what I mentioned about tanks and things like that to use the rule, and that's quite rightly so based on the codex and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, getting to, to use them in a very fun kind of way is, is what I wanted to do with them. Um, it's just you know I used to do tournaments and things like that, but then you know it gets it's competitive gaming is still good, but. Um, but I, 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 like doing more sort of narrative based stuff now. I think it's just, uh, it's, it's a, it's a lot, of fun when you put that narrative into your army, when you're making it. So, so yeah.
0: Very cool. Um, <clears throat> out of all, so being a painter, you know, you've always a commission painter and a, a long time painter, um, high quality painting, you obviously paint a lot of stuff. What has been, what I always like to find out is like, what's been your favorite thing you painted, whether, you know, personally or out of commission you know what are some of your top things that you've painted whether it's you know quality wise or things that you just really enjoy painting
3: um probably um well there's a couple of, there's a couple of things like um so I, as i mentioned i've always had a huge 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 soft spot for for, for blood angels and um yeah, if i'm not using painting with red something's definitely wrong uh, with me um but no I, uh, you, you
0: definitely did start in second edition huh the red era
3: yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the, it's like the best, you know. Um, but um, but no, like I um I, uh, I there's there's a couple of things I think I think for me, um, commission wise, job wise that we've done, we you know there's been a lot of things that, that I'd done previous to sort of handing over a lot of the clients and tools and, and being on the tools. But I think probably one of my one of our favourite things that we have done um, was uh, there's a death death watch. Project which we done quite a while ago, uh, and the, the 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 client gave us absolute um, absolute sort of scope freedom on it. So the spec yeah, aspects right. specs are really normally very structured, so that the client the clients can sort of organise their commission based on all the things that they'd like, based on what they have paid for, and so on and so forth. And mm. um, and uh, the good thing about it was that he he only gave us uh, the the sort of the world that. They come from all the the uh, the, the, the watch mm-hmm. company they were as as the brief basically, and um, the 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 artist that works on it he literally done full research into that sort of watch uh, company watch chapter, oh, wow. and then took. All those aspects and incorporated it within the force. So, like the individual marines that were noted and, and all those kind of things like that. What chapters they'd come from, what they'd done to their armor, what kind of marks they had on their armor. Any, we really went to town based on that. And I think adding that narrative to your force. In, in any aspect is is brilliant but when you when you get that sort of free scope from a client to use your artistic license within the realms of the ip and and the background and the, and the, and the theme of the army i think it makes an overall uh, a, a, a much better project because you, you you take obviously you take a lot of passion and pride in what you're doing but it's even more because you've invested that time and effort to develop the project from start to finish based upon the, the ip that you're using if that makes sense um, and, and yeah, it was a very, really really cool project to work on, and it had a, free, a couple of different bits of bobs. It had a, uh, the Talisar freehand banner in it as well, which was really nice. Um, and it just it was an overall lovely lovely force. Um, but that, that's that's obviously a commission that we we done quite quite a while back. Um, me personally, uh, uh, if, it, if it wasn't Blood Angels, then there'd be something wrong with me, as I said. But um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for, um, well, I think for me, painting wise, uh, there's a there's a squad which I, I've done um, uh, and. It wasn't so much, obviously, it's so much that it's, that it's my favourite chapter and all of that, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's because I, the same as what I mentioned on that Death Watch job, every pose, every bit of war gear, the, the way that they look on look when they're presented, um, obviously the heraldry between all, all five of them. Uh, and that's just from that side of things. But then the other thing that I'm super, super, that I, that I love the most about that project, was I think that, as an overall piece, I, I learned and, and practiced and tried techniques and, and things which I'd never, uh, I'd never previously done before. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're painting in the mindset that this, I must paint the best I physically can, I think it puts you in a, in a position whereby you, you you can't not improve and you can't not get better. So the whole project from start to finish didn't just involve me doing things that I'd never tried it, it it was something that I really wanted to make sure it was literally the best thing I've ever done uh, and and for me it'll always be something that I'll never get rid of I'll never sell it I'll never you know do anything to to not own it because it just means so much to me as a piece I think um you know looking back comparing that to what I was painting maybe two three years ago progression from from my own self critique and own self sort of understanding of where i've made mistakes and things and as i've grown as a painter i think um i think that that kind of encapsulates everything that i've learned in my journey since i've started painting if that makes sense so so that that kind of really is probably my favorite thing myself
0: that's uh that's awesome that you know you you guys when you get a commission if if you're allowed to you know think about the narrative behind your arm the army that you're doing and uh and try and pull it all together um you know i think that's an aspect of the hobby that's not a lot of people kind of think of right they usually yeah, yeah. you know they just want to get their army painted for a tournament or a game but yeah <laughs> you, you know you guys put that that little extra love in there sort of like um you know our our co-host here jf does a lot of cr- great conversion stuff for his armies too so
3: yeah oh wow amazing what what what, what armies do you collect or what do you take
0: oh Dear, which ones don't
1: I? I play pretty much <laughs> anything that's not uh, Space Marines or Imperial Guards. <laughs> I've got um, Xenos is really where my heart is most of the time, just because there's more variety, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I've only started delving into the Imperial side since the uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus came out, just yeah. because, again, they're, they're different or they're something well, I've, I've always loved the idea of cyborgs. I like painting cyborgs. I have an addiction to painting dune crawlers for some reason. <laughs>
3: they're great models to paint. They really are.
1: I um, don't know what it is about them. They're just so much fun.
3: Yeah, they've Anyways. got loads of details on them, so they're, they're really, really cool. Right. No, exactly.
1: They're You've they're, they, got all the fun of a painting painting and assembling a tank, but also legs.
3: Yeah, no. The thing is, the, the kit is very um, versatile. There's lots of different things you can do with it, um, and, and again, the details on it. There's a it's great surface area if you want to do sort of extra work on it. It's you know there's all there's so the good thing with the Mechanicus range is when the, the, the models actually look functional. As in the it looks like it works um, as well, which is it's really cool. It's it's just a really well designed model as well. So no, I do agree with you. They're brilliant to paint.
1: Uh, they're a lot of fun. I can't get enough. But right now, I'm mostly doing orcs and so Yeah, dude. <laughs>
3: They're brilliant. Which are
1: also fun in their own right.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like orc, orcs are brilliant because you, you, you know, from from both a, um, a painting services perspective and also from from an individual modeler's perspective, the thing that you, you get so much freedom to 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 do what you like with them uh, with orcs because of the the the, the their background because they scrap things together as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's a brilliant modeling opportunity I think it's also a very fun sort of project to work on as well
2: exactly. Great way to you use were... all those bits you've been collecting for 20 years
1: Yeah <laughs> exactly. You were talking about artistic liberty and the, the orcs are all about artistic liberty.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is is with with the painting schemes for them as well because they're so varied like every clan is is so different like obviously you know you've got the goths that you've got the check you've got the snake bites you know you've got the, the speed freaks that are red you've got such varied um, colorways between the different clans and they've all got their own Motifs uh, and things that you can add to vehicles, models, and, and individual infantry to to give them that character, and that's before you even start doing any of the actual physical conversion work as well. So it's just it's just it gives you such freedom to, to do what you like on the models as well, which is lovely.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of these armies that I wish I could do more of, but I, I'm easily distracted by new things. Um, which I assume, actually, I do have a question. Do you? Do you see sort of the, the, the wave of trends that come out as, as new armies come out? Like, are you bracing yourself for uh, for commissions <laughs> for Sisters of Battle, per, per chance?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, so th- that, that's a very interesting question, and it's, it's, it's good because, um, you know, we've we worked with Lawrence and Tabletop for quite some time, and um, we always know what army or what list is, you know, in the meta at that moment because what will happen is, you know, Lawrence will inadvertently put out a, a a video of an army that we've either done or that he's put together, or, and within a day of the video going up, you know, even within a couple of hours, <laughs> of going, we we have people going, "I want an army like this," and they just link us to the to the video that Lawrence has put up. You know, which is which is hilarious. You know, he, I I've, Nick will never forget the he done. I think he he was one of the very first people to run the um Grandmaster in Dreadnought. I think I think it was when when they Oh had, yeah,
0: the the, the multiple Dreadnoughts.
3: Yeah, yeah. And um uh, he put up a video with one, with two grandmasters in Dreadnoughts so or it was either what two Dreadnoughts and then a grandmaster in Dreadnought. Well within about 3 hours of that video going up and you know he get obviously gets thousands of views within the first couple of hours and bits and bobs because he's got so many subscribers and all that blah blah but um we we had i had i I was messaging him talking to him saying you know it's great that obviously you put up this video but no word of a lie there's about 30 people that want the same list as you which was which was hilarious but um but you know it just it just shows you you know that it's it's, we, we get that all the time and then that's before you even Take into consideration that the 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 releases that GW um, have been doing this year. I mean, like you know, I say this year, but I mean 2018. Like 2018, it was phenomenal for releases. We had you know Rogue Trader, we had Black Mm -hmm. uh, Blackstone Fortress, we had so many brilliant different games. Obviously, they're around 40k, but they're individual games and products themselves. And the models are incredible. Like the quality of the models is just. That, that, that for for what you take as like a starter kit, which essentially is what it is, um, you know, the quality of the casts and the sculpts and, and everything is just it is just absolutely second to none. Um, and and that's the, the, we have obviously the trends of the meta for the tournament players that want very competitive armies. We also have uh, clients that obviously want very thematic armies based upon their favourite faction or offshoot faction or whatever the case may be. And then then we have all of the you know, spot releases with Necromunda when Necromunda first came out. You got obviously Blackstone Rogue Trader. All, all these, all these different game systems that have come out, and you know, Adeptus Titanicus. Um, you, you get a wave of emails or of, of inquiries based upon those, and then on top of all the other three things I mentioned. So it's right. it's really interesting. You get from from. The good thing about it is that you can assess the way that different aspects of the community and the, and the hobby are going based just on solely on painting, which is a really cool thing to understand and to learn as well. Um, so that's a really nice, cool, cool bit of it. I hope that answers your question.
1: <laughs> no, definitely. I, 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 I am curious, though, as you were speaking, one of the things that kind of popped up is the, the, uh, the influence, not just of new armies, but you were mentioning things like Blackstone Fortress and... One of the one of the uh, sort of hurdles to hiring commission painters for an entire army is obviously if you've got 200 models or 100 or even 75 models to paint, it can probably rack up quite a high price for commissions. Yeah, uh, has Kill Team sort of. Change it to game for that. I mean, the, the idea of having ten models painted seems so much more approachable and
3: yeah, definitely. Uh, no, it is. You know, Kill Team is a brilliant. I mean, it's very, it, you know, at the end of the day, Games Workshop are a very, very successful company, and, um, and and you know, Kill Team gives people who a don't have a lot of time. Uh, which, if they paint their own models, um, B, if they want to, you know, dip their toe into the pond, so to speak, and, you know, get into a new game system or try a new faction, for example. Like, say, for example, they've never collected, I don't know, uh, Elder or Tau or Tyranids or whatever. You, you can create a quilting a, a very easily and very, you know, quickly, um, And whether you get it commissioned or you paint it yourself or whatever, and get into these games. So, for, from a commission perspective, it's, it's a great thing because you get very interesting small projects which have different models within them. Like, for example, we just finished a um, we just finished a, uh, a kill team commission recently, and, um, and what our uh, our client wanted, you can you can check it out if you jump onto our YouTube. It will be up in the next couple of days. But um, they 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 played the Star Wars Delta Delta Squad, I think it is. It's a, it's a, it was a game that was on I think it was Xbox or PS TS two or PS three. I can't remember what it is. But they they essentially asked to have a tower kill team. But each one of the Kill Team, apart from the drones, was a character from the Star Wars Delta Delta Team or Delta. I can't remember what they're called, but the Delta Squad. And it was a really, really cool commission. That it was, a, it was a completely new project for him. He'd never, um, he'd never collected Tau previously, so he was getting into Tau, playing Kill Team, and then he'd added this incredible narrative to it as well, which is just it, it's, it, it just allows you to really go into detail on all the things that you'd like to do within a force, if that makes sense.
0: Very cool uh, that, <clears throat> so. So it sounds like kill team, um, you've got a, a lot of work, a lot of requests for kill teams out there.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like it's, it's a great. It's, it is a it's a really really cool game. Um, you know, and and you can play games very quickly with it as well, which is great.
0: Yeah, and, and like you were mentioning, yeah, I think you know we talked about that on on the show. Is that like you're saying? You know, if, if you just want to dip your toe into a faction, you can paint some of those models that you always wanted to paint, but didn't want to paint a whole army.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly, and and it's, it's it's brilliant. I mean, like the thing is, is like for, for people who have been out of the hobby for a very very long time, you know, because I, I, we I hear it all the time when we do our courses and things like that. Oh, I'm coming back to painting, or I'm coming back to playing games or whatever. Um, a lot of people are starting out with Kill Team again because it is such a minimal investment, both on, on, on models and and also on the time if they decide to paint it themselves. Um, you know, to, to get something on the tabletop to play the game. Um, so it's, it's it's a it's a really really cool game. I can't I can't recommend it. Enough to anyone who has been out of, the, out of the hobby for a long time.
0: Now, with the classes you guys teaches it, do you teach uh, like different levels of classes? Like, there's a beginner, advanced class, or is it more of a, a general, you know, painting techniques kind of class, or?
3: Uh, yes, yeah, so it is more of a uh, of a technique uh, course. Um, I mean, there's all different methods of teaching, and, and there's no right or wrong way in the sense of the, of the delivery of a class. Um, you know, you've got lots of well-known painters that do that do bring a model and paint it across a day or a weekend, or you get other forms of, of, of tuition. What what we do is we we give uh, students or people that come out of courses, we give them a toolkit that they can then take away repeat practice and improve that toolkit and it gives them a set of techniques and skills which immediately uh, upskill them if that makes sense so our courses mm-hmm. are, are, are a weekend course um and rather than saying to them i'll bring some models and practice on those we provide everything so in the sense of models so we could we, we provide uh, sections of armor panel we provide heads we provide obviously power weapons or swords to do the sort of blending that we teach um and and the, the course, each section of the course is divided into um, a theory demonstration, and then the large portion of that section is is execution by the by the students with with essentially one on one tuition for, for all of them. Um, we we only do classes of about fifteen to twenty people because we want all the students that come on the course to feel like they're, they're getting enough of a one-on-one guidance to, to help them progress and, and learn the techniques um, and then after which we've got like a, a Facebook group which they all are welcomed and invited into where they can continue trying the techniques they've learned over the weekend and it, it improve them through guidance and then some of the senior each team are in that group as well to aid and, and help and continue giving critique and feedback after the course as well. So, um, so yeah, it is, it is a, like a, giving you a toolkit of techniques, uh, which will upskill you, rather than saying, "Oh, let's paint a model across the weekend." Because the way that we look at it is that you may have fifteen to twenty people, or ten people have many, and they're not all going to paint at the same speed, and they're not all mm-hmm. going to learn the te- learn things at the same speed. Whereas, with our sort of model of teaching, within the section, each of the sections, enough time for the person to grasp it visually see it and then spend a decent amount of it trying it for themselves with guidance so they understand. And it's not so much to, to finish and get a perfect rendition of the of the overall thing. as long as one area of it, you've understood the building blocks of that theory and that technique. Is, is that what you're trying to achieve and then go away from, go away from that and then repeat that to improve and become better. Does that make sense? It's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a very different way of teaching. And we find that people progress quicker through learning and honing the technique mm-hmm. rather than just concentrating on, I've got to paint the model because as I can across the weekends. Sure. Um, which, yeah. Which is, which is, which is how and what we teach basically.
0: That's great. Um, now, painting classes is a, is a huge, you know, thing, especially, um, at some of these conventions, like Adepticon, you know the, yeah. the painting classes sell out almost instantly. Um, speaking of which, uh, you were telling us previous to recording that you are heading to Adepticon this year.
3: Yes, we are. Yeah, we're really, really delighted to, to be coming over. It's um, you know we we've had. I mean, I probably in the last. Sort of eighteen months to, to two years. We, we've had people messages asking, you know, are, are we ever going to come over, or are we going to do a course in the states, or you know, and I, I you know, obviously, um, the states and, and, and different areas and different conventions in the states are, are very far away from from the UK. Um, so it's it's not something that we don't want to do. Um, mm. And I've been trying to to sort of you know get over to the states for the last year or two to to Adepticon. um It was a bit daunting, if I'm honest with you. And the reason for that, I think, is that um, Obviously, the, the, the demographic and the, the States for, for the community is probably about 20 times bigger than the UK. Sure, um, sure. So it's, it's a huge demographic. Um, and um, and it was really sort of trying to work out where would be would be best for us to sort of first make an appearance. And, and when it came to sort of thinking and looking at the conventions, there's Nova, there's obviously Adepticon, there's a whole host of others. Um, we really wanted to go to a, a convention which we matched for what we do as best as possible Uh, and and through sort of through research and things like that adepticon as far as we know is is one of the best for 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 miniatures um and for for sort of for tabletop gaming if that makes sense not board games or or other things like that so so we've Applied obviously, and I spoke to to Shelley and a couple of others at Adepticon, and, and we were very lucky to, to, to get a stand this year as well, which is uh, which we're delighted to have. Um, so yeah, we, we're we're obviously going to have a stand this year, and uh, we're planning on doing some some tuition on the Thursday as well. So we're just we're just finalising that at the moment, and we're going to get some tickets up for that for the next week or two. Um, but it's going to be really good uh, to to put faces to names that people have been messaging us over the last sort of like <laughs> two years or so to, to actually you know come over and, and show what we we do. Um, the, we do one convention in the UK every year, which is Salute, which is the the, the biggest one in in England uh, yeah. in, in in London, uh, and that for us, I mean, as a business. Uh, not a lot of studios uh, do go to conventions, which, for me, is, as a business owner, is I, I see it as a complete um, sort of loss, really, for for a business. And what I mean that is, is economically, I'm, we're not we're not there to try and make a sale on the day. So I'm not trying to pick up commissions on on the day or the weekend or whatever the, the case may be. It's more a case of us putting faces to names, meeting at the community, meeting our potential clients and clients. And uh, for people that have not heard of the service or not heard of us to physically see in hand, uh, you know the, the the quality which we offer and and the product which we, which we produce. If we come back from a convention and obviously get commissions which, you know, benefit us in financially for, for the cost of doing the convention, then, then that's great. But it's more about, you know, meeting the community uh, and people seeing what we do in the flesh, um, you know, with all the modern technology which we have, Instagram, you know, obviously Facebook, Twitter, all these different things. It's very easy to put photos up, you know, and, and for them to not represent the models correctly. And, and we want people to see what we do in the flesh, um, to, to, to demonstrate that the, the quality and level which we offer to, in the industry. Uh, and that's that's the reason why we want to make the journey come across and meet as many people in, in you know at Depecon as physically possible.
0: Well, I think you guys did make the uh, the right choice by choosing Adepticon. I think you know that's probably the the biggest miniatures game convention that we have over here in the U S and seems to be um, one of the most well-attended, you know, getting bigger every year.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've, 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 I've seen videos on on, from different people who have been over the last couple of years um, and it looks phenomenal. You know Um, it's, as I said, in in England uh, salute, which is the biggest is only a one day event. And um, I think the capacity attendance is uh, is about seven and a thousand seven and a half half thousand people mm. um, and I think at depth across across four days I think it's nearly three times the size in the sense <laughs> of capacity yeah. so it's, it's huge it's hugely you know it's, it's hugely daunting so um, you know it's gonna be great to meet a lot of people um, you know we're sharing a stand with with another business which will be great uh, that company is called Artis opus which is a brush brush company um, I don't know if you've heard of them or not but um, but yeah they're, they're a great company. Um, and uh, you know it's going to be good to to sort of you know head over for the first time. We, and we want to make it an annual thing, so we do want to come over every year. You know, because it's uh, we we only really want to do perhaps. To two or three conventions annually around the globe. So, obviously, Adepticon being one of them in the States, Salute in the UK, and there's one in Germany. I think that we're looking to potentially have a standout, not this year, but next. Um, and that, that's really what we want to do is just, you know, dot ourselves around so people can see what we do in the flesh. Um, you know, because um, we, 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 we're very active on social media. We, we post a lot, obviously, a lot of stuff that we do on, on both our Instagram and, and obviously our other platforms. Um, but you never get a true representation. Of of what something is like until you see it in the flesh, sure, and that's yeah. what, that's that's what we really you know are passionate about spending money to to put our product in front of people and put our, our our quality in front of people so they can see it with through a glass cabinet and see exactly what they're paying for in the flesh, uh, and that that's really it.
1: That's well, a good choice. Adepticon's a fairly uh, addictive con, if I, if I
2: do say <laughs> so myself. Yeah, are you my going to have?
1: It, it, it it's my favorite. It, I've been going there for about 10 years now, and I, I want to try other cons because I want to have a better, more up-to-date comparison point, but it's really hard to skip a year, so to speak. Uh, are you planning on doing anything, any of the activities, any tournaments, any uh, any of the narrative events at Adepticon?
3: I, do you know what? Because we've been planning for it for, I mean, obviously we got the confirmation just before Christmas, I believe, and we've just been planning all the bits and bobs that we're doing on the stand uh, and obviously the other company that are on there as well. Uh, we're obviously working with them quite closely. Um, the, the, the thing is, is I haven't actually had a chance to have a look at all the events that are going on. I mean, quite. I've got a couple of my friends that are over from the UK that are teaching as well. So I'm, I'm probably going to go and catch up with them as well. Um, But really, for me, I just you know, I'll be honest with you. I've not been to the states before, uh, as well. So that's it's it's a kind of a double hit for me. It's going to the states, which I've never done before, um, and also going to what is essentially the biggest convention in our industry for the first time as well. Um, So it's 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 a double hit. So I really want to try and absorb as much as I can. If I'm honest,
0: (laughs) it is interesting. Uh, Make sure you take some time just to, to walk around. You'll see some some stuff that really catches your eye. Um, like, for a couple of years ago, I saw a table with tons of fantasy, Warhammer fantasy miniatures on it, and they were playing Warmaster, but with full-scale miniatures. So that, there's probably 4,000 miniatures on the table.
3: That is incredible, yeah. I remember that game. Yeah, it's, it, was, it, was, it, was like, it was epic, but fantasy, wasn't it, from Reserves, correct? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so they took a 10-millimeter game, in, but they were playing it with 25-mil models, which was...
3: That's ridiculous. You'll just,
0: you'll just, <clears throat> that won't even be... You know, you won't even see it in the, uh, in like the event list, you know, you just walk around and you'll see that happening.
3: Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's the thing. I mean, um, obviously because of, of flights and, and things like that, I, I can't bring the whole team over cause it just, you know, I'd have to remortgage my house, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but um, we're, you know, uh, there's, there's about three or four of the team coming over, which which should be good. Um, so we'll, we'll try and rotate so we can all have a good walk around as well. But, you know, um, I, I do want to spend a, a lot of time on the stand as well, meeting as many people as I can, mm-hmm. just because, you know, it's, a, it, it's 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 an incredible event and we're, we're, we're extremely happy and grateful to be, you know, to be there.
2: There's no shortage of things to do or see or experience, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, I the
1: the the showcase on Saturday night for the team tournament is usually oh don't
2: miss that do not miss that
1: fairly no. impressive um, obviously the, the 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 crystal brush competition
3: entries yep. are breathtaking yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Crystal Brush as well. So it's, it's something <laughs> I'm very interested in. Um, you know, uh, I, I can't wait. I, I'm I genuinely, I'm, I'm super, super pumped to come over and and, and experience it. Um, a couple of my friends that are, are coming uh, as well, they, they've been a couple of times before, and they just said, "You're just not ready for it. <laughs> You're not ready for it." So, so yeah. So um, it, it should. It's going to be an absolute eye opener for me, which I can't wait. Um, you know, I'm super, super excited for it.
0: I do have one uh, last thing I'm curious about. What do you what do you think about the the rise of the airbrush in the, in the last recent years? Is do you, is it something that you know you find a useful tool, or are you, do you stick more to brushes?
3: Very good question. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 way that we look at it is, I mean, for, as a business, we use it probably twenty percent of the I'd say fifteen to twenty percent of the process for us is what we use it for. Um, and we are more of a brush studio, if I'm honest with you. Uh, and that's not some kind of, uh, of snobbery kind of thing. It's just that that's what we're used to. And that's what we, you know, we've, yeah, we've definitely. Mainly, mainly used. The airbrush is a very, very good tool. Um, you know, we, uh, Siege as a business works very closely with Harder and Steamback. Um, you know, they're, they're, they are they probably make the best airbrushes in the world, if I'm honest. Um, you know, there's there's two good companies. You know, there's, there's Badger and there's, there's Harder and Steamback. But for us, we've, we've always used as a business... I'd say a split out of the twenty-eight guys. I'd probably say eighty percent use hardware and steam back, and that's just through choice and through personal personal use. Um, in all intents and purposes, for us, the airbrush is uh, a miniature painting roller that's what it is so if you're going to paint a wall you would and you wanted to get a nice smooth coat on there you wouldn't use a hand brush because you'd have brush marks and it would take forever yeah um the benefits of an airbrush are that you get very very smooth base coats on a model um you can do things like varnishing you can do things uh, like glazing with an airbrush there's lot there's lots of things you can do with an airbrush that save you time and give you a very smooth result and that's what we use it for 15 to 20 percent of the process um you know to do the initial stages after you've undercoated a model and then after that that you know we, the real work begins with a brush and you go in and do all the all the things that you you'd normally do and execute with a brush but that but all of this that i've said is, is how we do it and it's you know it gives us the the quality of the product which we produce you know um you know there are people that use it more there are people that use it less like us you know but it's all down to artistic choice and and you know the quality of product that you want to put out there um you know the 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 one thing that i i I can't say enough to to people that come on the course or when i get a new painter that joins the business is that you know, the, the most important commodity on earth is is time. Uh, you know, uh, money, other bits, other things. You know, are replaceable. If if I lost my job, you know, as in if siege fell through tomorrow, I could go out and get another job. But all the time that I've invested into the business, and painting models and so on and so forth, I would never get back. So right. the one the one thing that you know people. Unfortunately, people don't value time. You know, a lot of people do not value time, which is something which is easily overlooked because it isn't this physical commodity that's tangible in front of you. You know, you could sit in a room and it will pass by without you even really knowing. Um, and because of that, it is extremely precious. So, I went off on a bit of a tangent. It was a little bit deep, but the, but the reality is, is that the airbrush. Gives you that massive cushion of of saving you the time which which you need to go in and then do the real work which you with, with, with a brush. Um, the rise of it has been very very good. I mean, scale, scale modelling or historical modelling have used their brushes for a very long time. Um, and the fact that it's come into our community and come into our hobby over the last two, three years or, or a little bit more it is, is only a good thing because it means that the overall quality of people's work and the painting of the models and the miniatures in the industry is, is growing and, and improving, you know, not even year on year, month on month. You know, if, you, if you're if you in if you're in many different Facebook groups and, and things like that, you'll see the quality of models improving drastically. You know, um, if you go into the the competition side of things if you go way back in in golden demon like you know 1990s 1980s and you look at the models that have been produced then that were all hand painted with without you know without airbrushes and things like that and if you look at the gradual increase in quality of entries over the last you know 10 years the growth year on year is 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 phenomenal in the sense of the quality of the of the, of the work that's being done in, in competition entries um and that is all you know down to obviously the skill of the people improving over the years but at the same time it's that, it's that it's that smooth surface that you apply first and foremost that you work on top of it's like when you build a house if the foundations aren't you know smooth and level that the, the house isn't going to be stand up for very long or it's going to look very wonky you know, and it's, and it's the same with it's the same with painting, you know, that those base coats that you put on, whether you do like zenithal highlighting or gradients using an airbrush, all those things, they need to be smooth, you know, not only to improve the, 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 the quality of the, of, the, of the overall paint job, but at the same time, if it isn't smooth, then the model won't look as good. And, and that's just, you know, that's just how, how, how it is. Um, so, yeah, in a long, long winded answer to your question, they are they are, you know, a phenomenal tool. Um, that when used for the right things can be brilliant. If they're relied upon, then they might not give you the the, the final quality results that you're that you're looking for. If that makes sense, um, but all of this is with the caveat of stylistic choice. Because some people love the look of an airbrush model, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, it's just down to personal sure. taste. Yeah,
0: there's you know there's just there's things you can do with an airbrush that you can't do with a brush, and vice Correct. versa. You
3: know, so. exactly. Yeah. It, absolutely, exactly. But um, but yeah, no, that, that's that's what we think of it. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant tool um, and, you know, long, long may it continue because it, it does a phenomenal job at what it does. Um, you wouldn't paint eyes with it, but you'd put on a nice smooth transition on the model. Right. <laughs> but, you know, what, what are you guys painting? On? What are you guys working on?
0: Um, right now, I actually, I just finished a, a Corvus Blackstar from my Death Watch. So I'm, I'm sort of trying to decide what to work on next.
1: More Death Watch, not. Matthew? Well,
0: yeah. I, I, I kind of – I have a uh, a, um, Nurgle army for Age of Sigmar that I kind of just want to, like, get, you know, finish. It's just get through and finish that because I started painting it. I'm, I'm
1: sorry I made it sound like a question. It was That's really okay. more just of an order.
0: <laughs> well, and then – but then I'm looking at my Harlequins like, man, I should just paint those and get those out of the way,
3: so – yeah, See right. what the, the the new rules for um have you seen the new rules for for bolt weapons for, for oh um, yes the uh, yeah it just
0: came out the better yeah. beta bolters yeah.
3: Yeah, it's incredible. Honestly, it's uh, it's 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 totally changed the meta, like totally, because people are just arming everything with bolt guns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're really really good. But um, but yeah. So 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 for Adepticon, I mean, obviously you know, the states is a huge huge you know continent and made up obviously by all different states. Do you guys have to travel quite far? Like how far how far is it for you to get there? I
0: um, fly. <laughs> Yeah, I I fly as well. Ashley and I are on the East Coast, so we got to get to the middle. So it's it's quite
1: a way. Also on the East Coast. That's true, but it's a
2: thirteen-hour drive for me,
3: which I did I did once and I'll
2: never do again.
3: (laughs) Do you know what? When when you when I hear that from people that live in the states when they say I drove like for fifteen hours, so like I I drove once from from the South Coast because I live I live thirty-five minutes from London, just outside of London, uh, in in Essex, and. um, and I drove up to Scotland once, and it only took like seven and a half hours. And that's from one end of the country to the other. And I was. I, this only
2: I, gets us halfway. Yeah.
3: There's I still know. a whole other
2: half of the country.
3: I know. <laughs> and that's that's the incredible thing. Because, like, yeah, as I said, I, ha- I haven't been to the States before, which is, you know, obviously super exciting mm-hmm. for me because it's, it's, you know, the chance to go to a different country and a different, complete different continent. Um, But when people say, oh, you know, I drove for 20 hours or whatever, I was just like, that's that's mad. (laughs) Like, it's mad. Like, you know, I've been to Australia and and it's, it's very similar the distances because yeah. obviously every every city or town is is obviously on the coast because uh, the centre of uh, well I say every but the the more remote parts obviously are more in the centre of Australia um, and and some of the drives there because you're going around the perimeter of the country is is kind of comparable to the states maybe not as much I'd imagine but um, unless you're doing a lap but um, but um, but as I say, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible when people say that the, the, the distances that they they travel within the States, it's, it's it's mad. Did you say you drove 15 hours?
2: Yep, that's how long it takes to get to Adepticon from D.C. Oh,
3: wow. Oh, God. So so I take it, obviously, you fly, how long is the flight, though? Is that a couple of hours then, or is it? Two and a half. Yeah, that's not bad, it's, is
2: it? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, a slow jaunt. Like It's nothing. You get on the yeah. plane, then you get off the plane.
3: Yeah, that's uh, I, you, you can, I can imagine as well. And you must 15 hours. That's like a whole day as well, isn't it? Really? Oh,
2: really
3: yeah. Big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I believe so, uh, Jeff has. What does it take you 15 hours to get there, roughly? Yeah, it's roughly
1: 14 and a half to 15 hours. But I drive up with my brother, so we take shifts. That makes it a lot easier, and we we have a lot of stuff to bring for like the team tournament. So it's not a, We used to fly. But the, the logistics of bringing display tables, a friendly army, uh, 4,000 points of whatever we were putting on for, for the team tournament, it, it just becoming impossible. And being able to drive and have a car available while we're in Chicago also frees us up a lot. So, yeah, yeah it's – I mean, it's, it makes for a fun road trip, though, so it's not too bad. <laughs>
3: So, so if you were to recommend, like, the, the, obviously you mentioned the team tournament. So, if you were to recommend a couple of things to do at Descon, what would you recommend to someone who's completely new to it? Um, what would you, what would you, what would you recommend?
1: Everyone together, the yeah, forty k friendly, friendly, right? It okay. is easily. I mean, I'm French Canadian, so I'm genetically a drunk, and the forty k friend. The 40K friendly is not just an event that I don't want to say it encourages drinking, but it encourages drinking uh, in the rules itself. Not necessarily alcohol. If you're underage, obviously, you you can get away with drinking just a soda. But it's 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 a it's an event that's built around a theme, usually a movie. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to just be a uh, an all day party that has some 40K in it. And Jeff and Brian, who organize it, usually just absolutely nail the atmosphere. It's it's brilliant event. If you're if you're looking to just have fun in not necessarily narrative, not necessarily anything special, just enjoy the company of other gamers doing gamer things, it's perfect.
3: Yeah, no, I was gonna say I've I've uh, someone has actually mentioned it to me. I mean, obviously, I, I know there's the um, the team tournament, which. Uh, is obviously very interesting as well. You said mentioned display boards. I remember seeing some images from a couple of years ago. I think it was, and the display boards were incredible. Honestly, the work that goes into them just to just to display the army is, you know, and this is before we even talk about the, the quality of any work done on the models. Um, you know, is, is 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 really really praiseworthy because you know it's, it's they, they look brilliant.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of work that goes into them. Some some of the themes. Uh, the, the team tournament, what makes it special is the, the breadth and width of, uh, of talent and effort. Some people show up with very average army, very non-competitive army, but they're in full costume with music, and they're there to for, for the sportsmanship and thematic awards. Other people show up with just pretty armies. Other people are there for really the, the, the hardcore um, strategy of it. There's There's prizes and there's opponents for everyone it's it's such a large event there are 125 teams of four people uh, you can wow. do the math for yourself it's it's in it's immense so obviously you will encounter people of just every type of hobbyist in in the team tournament oh, it's
3: well, there, yeah.
1: there's a reason why it's kind of the flagship event i, I feel of adepticon oh
3: brilliant because because the thing is there's so many different I was, there's so many different bits and bobs going on from what i know um and again it's like, you know, with with only four days, plus obviously being there as a as a, as a trader or as a, as a presenter of, of, of a business, um, it's like God, how am I gonna get round to it? Oh <laughs> Yeah, there's there's you really... come
0: you come a few years
1: in a row and yeah.
0: get <laughs>
3: different something every different year. every year. Yeah, well, that,
1: that is that is the
3: plan, hopefully.
0: <laughs> I mean there's there's lots of amazing events that, you know, you see every year. There's eight foot long custom built space hulk tables that they play on and you know, it's it's just it's crazy what what
1: we're, people we're, the
0: effort people put into the to this convention. Uh,
1: Weird Miniatures has a uh, a cake match. Uh, oh my gosh, I forgot cake, about that. You bring cake and you play uh, open gaming under under really cool tables, and that's the cake match. And it's always a good time because there's cake.
3: So 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 oh, okay, so uh, you don't win a cake or anything like that. You just you just you just eat cake while playing. There is a have, prize you,
0: for you, best cake.
3: Yes, you I you, you bring. That is, that, you bring a cake as
1: uh, as well. You you pay your entry fee, but you all you must also pay, bring a cake to uh, to participate, and then the judges will uh, award the best cake with a medal.
3: That is absolutely incredible. Like um, it, when when you know when you're telling me all these things, you know I mean obviously we our our conventions over here are they're still very very good, but we don't have things like that so that's 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 incredible it's just something completely new and completely different um the, the one thing that i think a lot of people have told me about the the the, the u.s gaming scene is that i think people are, are a lot more passionate about it if i'm honest like you know and that's not in a negative thing for anyone you know in the uk or anything like that but i think when you see people going to the links that you do in the sense of doing things like that like i remember seeing a board for from i think it was either last year or the year before and I honestly had never seen so many Forge World Titans on a board ever before, <laughs> um, you know, and the, and the board, the board was all to scale. I think it was, uh, you know, and it, just seeing things like that. And you, we don't really see that here, you know, even though this is essentially where, you know, a lot of the companies are based that make the models and things like that. You, you don't see you just don't see it, which is uh, I think it comes down to the community aspect of it.
1: I think there's an underlying um, communal insanity also that comes into play. I'm, I'm saying this with all the love in my heart, but to give you an example, talking about Titans, I remember a few years ago, uh, late at night, I f- believe it was a Thursday, I saw a group of people who were speed painting a Titan they had bought so that they could participate in, in, uh, in uh, a full-scale Titan fight the next day. Yeah, yeah, there's always that, that, that friend was
2: who's night. painting something the night before right mm, jf
1: ah <laughs> 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 uh, no 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 that i never do that it's that's crazy <laughs> it's not like a tradition or anything
3: yeah. <laughs> it's certainly not gonna happen this year i'm not late at all
2: No, at for all not at all. Time.
3: so what are you all gonna be doing while you're at atepticon obviously are you, are you are you in tournaments are you in what what are you going there for well, we're all in the friendly. <laughs> oh, you no, a...
2: I, I, I passed on the friendly this year.
1: Oh, you did? I'm doing, yeah, We ran over a, I know. You made a mistake.
2: I know. I was concerned I wouldn't have my Tyranids together on time. And that concern mm. is well-founded.
1: You should um, have told me I could have lent you some Tyranids.
2: <laughs> well, I'm doing I'm doing the Kill Team event instead that's not bad. So I am I which is on Sunday because they wanted everyone to be hung over, I guess. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, we'll see how it goes. We'll
3: see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, I've been told that I think Saturday is the busiest day. Is that, is that right or is that Oh yeah,
2: for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I,
3: and a
2: lot of Saturday the,
1: Night is the, the attrition night where a lot of the people
3: who yeah. are, <laughs> are in the
1: first day of the team tournament do not show up for the second day because they are hungover <laughs> or dead. Oh wow.
3: Yeah, I, I well, I don't I, I I don't drink, but um, but I remember going to a tournament. It was uh, one of the the SN tournaments in Gibraltar. And one of my one of my friends, he we uh, went out on the Saturday night, and he turned up on day two in slippers, a gown, and sunglasses oh, because he was so hungover. Yeah, that's so,
2: not uncommon.
3: Nope. Yeah. What
1: do you mean that's not uncommon? Clint Beaver does that every year. Yeah, from I was going to say he it's wears he wears un, a robe all weekend. Not weekends.
2: uncommon.
0: <laughs>
1: it's he's essentially the Adepticon mascot at this point. <laughs>
3: Did you all go to I mean obviously you go to Dis so when we spoke mentioned it earlier I take it I mean you haven't been to any of the other conventions in the states or do, do have you been to things like um, Nova or uh...
2: I live about fifteen minutes away from Nova open so you can bet I'm there every year.
3: oh wow okay, fair enough
2: no no excuse not to go to Nova open for me yeah. It's what's, in my backyard.
3: What's it like as a convention if you don't mind me asking?
2: It is significantly different from Adepticon, um, in terms of scope and size. Um, it certainly has, you know, a strong 40k focus. They have the humongous 256 man tournament, um, which I participated in a number of times. Um, and, but it's not quite. It doesn't have quite the same Bender Hall scale. Um, and I think they're starting to kind of outgrow their venue. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes.
3: It's, it's really, it's really interesting because of the because of the size of the states as well. Like, I, you know, um, the the the, 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 spa- the spacing out of conventions. I mean, I was trying to map it the other day, just trying to sort of look where where they were and things like mm-hmm. that. It's it's quite widely spaced as well when you look at it. Like, um, yeah, well,
2: coming up next month is LVO, which is in Vegas, which is West Coast.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I've. I've um, i very. In, the elbow is very interesting because it's because obviously first and foremost it's it was a, a, a competitive tournament if memory serves correct, mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's gradually becoming more of a, a convention. I know the guys from from um, uh, from Frontline are making it more of a convention yep. if, if, if that's correct. Well,
2: that, that sounds what that that seems to be sort of the the popular what everyone wanted kind of thing. So they've been, it's it sounds like working towards that. I haven't made it out there um, myself, but I have several friends who go. Um, and they've been saying it gets better and better every year.
3: Yeah, no, and, and it's Vegas as well. I mean, again, okay, no, yeah, no.
2: He, you know, worst case scenario, you're still in Vegas. That's yeah. the way.
0: That's the way. A lot of these, uh, it seems like in the U.S. anyway, our conventions started. You know, they they were tournaments, and then they just got bigger and bigger until they became a convention.
2: Right
0: or, um, or like Gen Con, which is a you know a more of a generic gaming thing. Was um, you know Gary Gygax and his friends? It was just a D and D convention. Then it grew into this huge. You know, all general, all around board gaming kind of convention.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about Gen Con for for board, board gaming. Um, you know, we have one here, which is uh, UK Games Expo, which is mm. obviously all predominantly it's predominantly board gaming. But you know, in the last couple of years, Games Workshop has started to go to it, so I, I guess obviously it could grow into something more miniature focused. But um, I've been told they're very similar in the sense of obviously not scale because Con's huge, but um, but um, more akin to sort of the the the, the, the type of of communities that go there would be it board gaming be it rpg be it magic uh things like that
0: yeah there are the uh the miniatures companies are they do have pretty sizable booths at gen con but it's definitely more of a board gaming convention
3: yeah no, of and i take i take it obviously from from talking about adepticon Adepticon's is like your favorite and it, is that correct or it has it's become i
2: want to play favorites but yeah
3: yeah it's become my favorite <laughs> too yeah
2: well,
1: it's it's my favorite mostly because of the there, there's also a level of community. I've been going there for so long. Yeah. It's it's a place where there's a lot of friends I only see there. Yep. So it's like it's not a knock against other events. It's just kind of also uh, there's a, a, a family aspect to it at this point.
2: I mean, there uh, yeah, there's there's friends I get to see who I only see there because you know they live in Europe and they only come over to the states for this big event, and so it's nice to be able to see them. You know, so that, that makes it, that's part of it, too. You know, it's not necessarily the event itself, but the people that it attracts.
3: Yeah, no, I okay, get that. That okay,
2: really okay. makes it a great event. Like, that's it's the only
1: place. it's the only place where I get to see Ashley and Matt. Right. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, that, that makes sense.
2: Well, that's because yeah. you guys won't come to Nova, because you're lazy, <laughs> slash DragonCon.
1: I would love to go, yes, I'm lazy, I go to the con where no <laughs> one sleeps, ever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm serious though you guys got to come down i'll host you i know all the good restaurants i live super close by we've, we've talked i already about got the, the hotel it's like oh, a vacation I mean, for me we, we've
0: talked know. about how much space there's left in your apartment several times hey
2: listen that. well no i got a hotel for the weekend <laughs> okay it's like <my> a vacation <laughs> I, I i already booked my hotel yeah so if you guys are going to go to nova <laughs> book now because hotel the the main hotel's already sold out
3: Oh. Well, this is the thing about Depticon. I was going to say, like, we, um, you know, obviously for for the stuff I'm bringing over and stuff, we obviously tried to find the hotel, and uh, the the one that um, the one that is part of the convention center, I believe. I think that's yep. that's sold out like instantaneously. or yeah. something. pretty about, much. Yeah, yeah. It's like people book their tickets instantaneously, like the, from one year to the next, if memory serves correct. So, um, yeah basically, been, just I've... waiting to, yeah.
2: for it to go live to, to book the spot. So.
0: Luckily, um, you know the the satellite hotels, at least where they are now, they're all pretty close.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and a couple we of one...
2: a couple of them run shuttles too.
3: Yeah, that's, I think we found one that's like a mile away, so it's. Uh, it's, mm. it's, it's
2: oh yeah, that'll bad. be fine.
3: Yeah, it's not too bad, but um, but yeah, like um, the the other thing is, I mean, have you guys been over to the UK at all? Like for, 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 yeah, yeah, i yeah. I have. Uh, you... I also have. How do you find the difference? Oh, sorry, Jeff, were you going to say something? Sorry.
1: No, I, I'm just, I'm just saying that I, I've also been to the UK a couple of times. How,
3: how do you, how do you find the, the, I mean, obviously I don't know what kind of experience you've had with the communities, like both in, obviously in the UK. What's, what do you find the differences between the two? Just cause I'm really intrigued between the difference of, of communities. Uh,
2: well, when I, when I went over there, so I went, I went to, I went to Ireland and I went to England for a little while. Um, when I was in Ireland, I ended up running into about five or six different people who I had come to know through Twitter. Um, And we all went and had a a couple of pints while I was over there. So I met these people who, you know, I'd, I'd interacted with, you know, over, you know, online for a a couple of them, several years. Um, Finally got to meet them. We went out, we had drinks. It was a great time. Um, But all of the, all the, the friends from, uh the guys from England who were gonna do that with me ended up bailing except for one couple I had met previously, actually at Adepticon. Oh, um no. we all we all ended up going to Warhammer World together and having a grand time. Um but I had a bunch of my other friends totally bail on me, which is a disappointment in the extreme. 'Cause I was oh, a, I, I was there by myself. I was traveling alone, so I was really looking forward to spending some time with some friends. Um so it was interesting. My, but
3: on my, on my on my on my on behalf of the fellow, my fellow community over here, I'm very sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no no it's fine it's fine my um my um my couple friends um they they were they were great we went um we met at warhammer world and we had a we had a grand time and it ended up you know it ended up being a, a great experience um but it was just it was just sort of interesting um how like all these people were like yeah let's hang out we'll meet up it'll be great and it's like oh actually i'm busy tonight well i'm only here tonight like well, come on
3: yeah no i mean I've, I've heard i mean obviously i've heard that um like that- if the community is super passionate in the states, mm. like super, super passionate about We're
2: it. We're real extreme. I don't wanna, I don't wanna sugarcoat that. We, we love what we love, and we love Warhammer.
3: <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, that is a good thing because they're open. They've opened. Is it? It's kind of similar to Warhammer World, but it's like a cafe, isn't it? I think that's what they've opened. These It open.
2: is, and it's in Texas, so it might as well be in the UK. <laughs> I mean, I mean mileage-wise, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not that much closer for me. <laughs> it was
0: that's interesting funny. because um, uh, probably maybe 10, 15 years ago, Games Workshop, really, they expanded very fast in the yeah, U.S. Yeah. Like, they opened a lot of stores, and then a lot of those stores closed.
3: Because really? Of,
0: yeah. Like, for example, in my area, in the uh, New England area, I when I worked for Games Workshop, we had four stores, and none of those are open now. We have they've reopened one or two of their smaller stores but these are like very big stores with a lot of overhead they uh, they went expanded maybe a little too fast for for games workshop at that time
3: yeah well i think they they done that kind of everywhere when not they like in the yeah. uk i remember when i was when i was growing up my local store had it was about two or three staff, maybe, and obviously a manager. And, and now they're all one man stores, aren't they? So like a couple, yeah, maybe yeah. bigger ones, uh, have like you know, maybe two people or part time or something like that. But, um, but yeah, they don't I mean, they've done it everywhere, haven't they? I was gonna say, but, but, um, but yeah, because I remember looking at the list of stores, they used to have like a list. If you I don't know if you remember in White mm-hmm. Dwarf, they used to, yeah, they used to have a list mm-hmm. of all the stores that they would have, um. And there used to be like, like literally a page and a half of like, like stores in the states. I remember it as a kid. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting. When everywhere is
2: several hours away, I mean.
3: <laughs> yeah. That is but true.
2: like the this the it's the Warhammer Citadel that's in Texas. Yeah. And you know you can buy Forge World models there. They have special edition stuff. You know all these different things. But it's fifteen hundred miles away from me. Yeah. I've ne- I've I the, the closest thing I've been to Texas is a layover while I was on my way to California. Uh, you well, know, it's it's not something that I would probably ever go just to go to. I, you know, if I ever happen to be in Texas, I yeah. might, you know, make a trip over there to go to it. But, I mean, I literally went to England, so I could go to Warhammer World. I mean, like, that was yeah. the whole reason.
0: And it costs us about as much to fly to Texas as it does to Warhammer World anyway. So.
2: Right? Well, okay, that's, no, maybe not. How um, long
3: ago was it that you went?
2: Uh, two years ago, right after oh. they finished um the, the big refurb.
3: Which was yeah, nice. yeah yeah
2: yeah so it was it was real yeah. swanky
3: yeah it's really it's really good now like um, yeah. I, mean, I, I I, remember the when I, mean, I was a kid I remember I was probably 12 or 13 I think I remember going to the original Warhammer World Museum where they had the um the 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 museum you'd walk in there and there was like a couple of life-size blood angels a couple mm-hmm. of chaos marines and orc you know like I remember it, it and to see it, how it's changed and developed over the years is, is you know, you go in there now and it's, it's completely another world like it's completely different um, but it's, it's been a really, you know, it's a great great location um, but yeah
2: I really enjoyed my time there, I'd like to go back again
1: Okay. We should see if Terrace will uh, will send us uh, the, yeah. the 40k crew, the 40k radio crew, to go get some interviews and just go meet Hey, some I people. already did. That, so, that tour. I, you know, I, what I didn't saying, just,
2: screw it up too bad. So we,
1: yeah, but yeah. I mean, they the might three ask of us. The three of us could make like a, a legit 40k radio documentary. It'd be like epic. All right, you know, man, I, I will. Paris. I will
0: say his manager's in the UK tour was postponed until 2021. Just saying. Anyway, um, <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> oh, all right, so we, uh, we are our host is uh, is Geek Nation. Tours. Our grand overlord. Yeah, grand overlord is is Geek Nation tours. So it's our our friend Terrace who he he basically runs a a nerdy. Uh, tour company, right? So he does things. Yeah, like... no, I've
3: seen, I've seen his tours. I've seen him I've seen him before on, on a couple of YouTube. I think it's a couple of YouTube channels. I think it's mm-hmm. a really good idea. Yeah, yeah so yeah,
2: he's... I've done, I've done uh, his Adepticon tour. This will be the third time, I think.
0: So okay. he's got a it's he's got now. a miniatures in the UK tour It'll... where he goes to the UK. He goes to like Games Workshop.
2: He does Gen Con Man- as well. Mantic
0: does all that stuff, which actually you might want to. I don't know if you guys like let people into the studio, but you know maybe letting you know he's got like 20 guys or something i think so
3: but possibly yeah i mean yeah you could, ch- could have a chat with us that'd be quite yeah you know, that'd be quite good i'll
0: um, I'll, c- I'll connect you with him after the show so you can talk to him um, yeah no
3: sounds great but uh, yeah
0: so he does that managers in the uk one and we're just talking about that's how we could possibly get over there to do do our interviews and stuff but
3: yeah, you should definitely, definitely. I mean, like I said, it, the beauty of, I, obviously, it's completely different, obviously, for yourselves, but the beauty, I suppose, of England is is that everything is drivable. So if you wanted to go to the north, you can get in a car or get a train, you know. Um, let me
2: tell you what, I took trains all over that country, Yeah, and it was great.
3: Well, I, yeah, I'll say it's, it, it's
2: way <laughs> more reliable than our sad, sad public transportation system, yeah. let me tell you what.
3: Yeah, and I think I think because because I live here, I, I, I'm used to it, I suppose. And, and when things when there is a delay or something, I think we're like, oh, this is late. But I suppose when you when you don't have, maybe have a reliable service or as a reliable service, I think you, you appreciate it a lot more. And I think that's kind of what I mean. I, I'm, I'm half Spanish, so so when I go to Spain, the trains aren't as good as in England. But then you come back home and you do appreciate it like so much more. So. So yeah, no, completely. Um, but yeah, no, you should definitely come over and do a tour. Like, I think it's, if if he does them all over, I think I'm guessing he goes just purely in Nottingham, maybe. Like, or does he go to London? There's there's some good places in London as well. Uh, uh, he,
0: he 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 is uh, he partners with quite a few um, different game companies, so I think they go pretty. I haven't gone on the tour myself, but they they uh, go on over a pretty wide net of area. The tour I went on was uh, sort of hybridized
1: between scottish distillery tour and the miniature tour so we that's did incredible. like a bit of both oh it was brilliant <laughs> that's, that's I, incredible i loved it i would i would do that tour again and again and again um so you usually it's we from what i understand is you it's not just about visiting miniature places in the uk oh,
3: yeah. but also enjoying the uk in in yeah. general
2: yeah i certainly did while i was there
3: yeah yeah, it's it's a very it's a very different. I mean, I've been to a of different countries and things that just with what I used to do in the past. But it's it's um, it's very different. I can't. I, I don't. You know, I've been. I've been to Australia. I've been to most of Central Europe. I've been. You know, other, quite far afield, all over. Sort of. I've been to Russia and places like that. And. And um, it's it's very different. It's that's why I was asking about the US, you know, community for the, for the gaming side of things because we are very different from from. I think we're very we 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 love the hobby, but we we don't we don't wear it on our sleeve. If that makes sense, we don't. We're not as vocal about it. I don't think. And I think deep down we are, but we just don't. We don't. We're not as vocal, or, or we don't show it as much. I think uh, as a lot of other places. <laughs> but um. But yeah. You should you should all come over for Salute. It's the biggest convention in England. It's a, it's a great one day convention in in central London. It's a it's a really really good uh, convention to come to. It hasn't got cake eating contest though, <laughs> or, or, or so. You know you got you got it's definitely you, you've definitely got some better things. <laughs>
2: but,
3: um, cool. But no. But thank you so much for uh, for for uh, for allowing me to come on. It's been great chatting to you. Uh, and oh, sure. I do I do hope that you can you, know, you can come to the standard salute and say hello and put face faces to names because it'd be lovely to meet you. Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely stop by and say hi. Uh, yeah, be cool. And, and thank you so much, you know, for coming on the show and joining us. It's great to hear about you know what you guys do and and how you're looking to come over here and and uh, and meet some of us over here in the U.S.
3: Yeah, no, thank you very much. Is there anything you wanted to ask me, or is there anything I can answer for you? I don't want to. I don't want to rant on because I, I can't talk for, for England, unfortunately. But um. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: no, no, I, I don't have any other questions. How about you guys? Anything else for for James?
1: No, no, no. I'm good for now. But if we ever have him on again, oh, I'm we will paired with more questions.
3: Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm totally cool. Like I love, um, you know, um, one of the things I do like is I like I like, I like engaging with the community, and I like uh, being you know open and upfront with people, and you know, and uh, so if you do ever want to have me back on, I'll be more than happy to, you know. So, oh yeah, um, we'll
0: definitely we'll uh, we'll touch base after Adepticon. You can tell us all about your experience.
3: That'd be brilliant, yeah. No, that'd be really, really cool. So yeah, that'd be lovely if we could do that. And uh, and then that way at least I'll, uh, I'll 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 have met you all, and uh, we you know it'd be good to catch up as well. And uh, if I've got some free time over the four days, I might even go and have a look at the cake eating a cake. <laughs> is, it, is it cake tournament or is it? How, how is it? It's
1: the how the you... the Malifaux cake match. I'll come it. I'll, I'll come in and bring you a, a slice at the at your table if you want. Oh yeah, see um, Star. That'd I'm, be <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 very good friend with uh, one of the past winners. <laughs> oh wow okay
3: yeah that's brilliant okay. <laughs> brilliant thank you so much it's been lovely to talk to you all and uh, I hope to meet you and uh, say hello at Adeptcom.
0: definitely so guys uh, please head over to siegestudios.co.uk uh, you can take a look at their website they have a gallery of, of all their work a lot of their work they have um, you know you can find out what they can do for you if you need need some painting services done and you're also on Instagram
3: yeah that's that's right i mean instagram is probably the post the place we post the most um gotcha. it it because it, 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 it just the way it works it's a very very easy to use platform um you know uh, so it's, it's it, it, it we put pretty much mirror what we've got on there on, on our facebook and our twitter twitter's a bit what well, i find it a bit more difficult sometimes twitter i think it's, it's not as easy to use uh, i still love it but i think it's uh, it's it's just uh, out of all of them instagram is probably the best because it's more visual mm-hmm. um but, yeah, but, like, if anyone, you know, just, just to say, I don't want to put, like, a cheeky last plug in or anything like that, but um, but if any, yeah, all you need to do is, any, if anyone is interested, is on the website, just go to the contact tab, uh, and there's a form on there, you just complete that form, select the drop-down options that are relevant to you, uh, put in a message to us, and, and fire that off to us to get the ball rolling, really, it's, it's very simple, and um, and, you know, you don't get when automated replies that you deal with a human being as well. And we're a bit very sort of personal service as well. It's not about, you know, just being a number. So, um, so yeah, but, um, if there's anything we can do to help you, uh, when this goes up, if you want to drop me the link, I'm more than happy to share it on all our social media and stuff as well. Um, you know, so if there's anything you want me to put in there, then I'm more than happy to do that.
0: Great. Thank you so much. And, uh, they on Instagram. They are seed studios.
3: One word. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah so thank you
0: james thank you so much for for joining us we look forward to hearing about your adepticon experience
3: yeah i can't wait and uh, thank you very much again for having me and i look forward to meeting you all at adepticon excellent thanks see you guys soon take care of yourselves you too you too, you too. too. bye bye thank you for
0: listening to 40k radio part of the free buddhist network You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhas Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. And cookies.